0: Hello, goddesses. Welcome to our podcast, Cheeky Vibe, Peaceful Life. I am Lauren with my co-host, Michelle Moss. And today we get to interview the lovely, unstoppable Tracy.
1: Yes, we are so excited to have Tracy with us. Um, She actually came to Ohio because our friend, our new friend is from Canada, but she came to Ohio for a Buckeye Healthcare Buckeye, Ohio Healthcare uh, Conference. And one of my secretary's mothers just happened to be there. Um, and her name is Nikki Bro- Brobson. And she said, Oh my gosh, you got to see this unstoppable Tracy Schmidt. She's amazing. She's got this great story. And I'm like, I'd, I'll, I'll have to look her up. And so she even had your card, Tracy. And so she said, Look her up. I did and i cannot believe what i found on you tracy so welcome to you tracy we're glad to have you here
2: oh i'm so excited to be with all you fellow cheeky vibers that are all about a peaceful life wonderful wonderful to be with both of you michelle and lauren
1: well we're glad to have you so when i started researching you you amazing woman um just to give our our cheeky goddesses a little info She has actually been cameoed on a movie, the movie Robocop, if you guys might remember that, with Michael Keaton. Um, She is a a major success, mega success TED Talker, um, TED speaker, who she was on stage with Jane Fonda, Dr. Phil, Michael Douglas, John Travolta, Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, this stuff is kind of like, it says her story's mind blowing, guess what? I'm mind blown just hearing some of this stuff. Um, she's been viewed, with, was this your TED talk? This, this was a viral Facebook video. Oh, a viral Facebook, over 60 million views on this. That's um, amazing. I mean, it's oh. crazy, it's crazy. She won the number one female transformational leadership leader um, by the John Maxwell team. That was out of 160, <laughs> so that was crazy. Um, amazing, but this is, like, the stuff just doesn't stop, and I, I, you know, and I, I could just go on, she was, um, Oprah Winfrey shared her story, Um, the magazine, Oprah's magazine shared her story, and she was a gold, gold world cup sailor, Um, she has climbed the Himalayan mountains, she has captained a 110 foot tall ship, she has won a bronze, periskeling bronze um, medal. And I, can, I mean, I could go on and on and on. She is a book, bestseller, author, um, just done so much and an inspirational speaker. So um, it's just an honor to have you here. And then, and I, I mean, I just have to say, after saying all of that, um, she is a four-way amputee. So on top of all of that, she has done it in her own way and overcome so much. So when we talk about overcomers, and she may not even seeing it as overcome. I mean, you were born this way, this is your life, and you've made it the best possible life you could. So where do you want to start with your story, my beautiful new friend? Oh my goodness. Well,
2: I must give you kudos for all of the homework and research you've done. I'm blown away, and I'm so humbled by the outpouring of support from the the Buckeye family that referred me to you. And I just uh, love, love, love your previous podcasts, folks. You got to go and listen to all of their podcasts, including this one, by all means, because you are totally. Tell me
1: again, cheeky goddesses, is that our tribe today? Yes, with a cheeky vibe tribe, and they are called cheeky goddesses. That is exactly goddesses. on
2: goddesses. Well, I am all about being a cheeky goddess. I it, it's just absolutely extraordinary. So it's funny because
1: we, we talked before. We always say to our we tell our goddesses we always talk before, and no. as you, we were speaking, you said that cheekiness is part of your repertoire. So that's something that we connected on in a whole nother level that we didn't even realize.
2: Yes. But, and you know what I loved about that, and and it's so much better through story. Like we could, you can do lesson, lesson, teachy, preachy, and what I love about you guys is it's more through the story and more through it authentic life. But just to say that part of our conversation in prepping for this magical podcast was that peaceful life was just too like peaceful, too vanilla. For- the dynamic, right? Like too vanilla. I didn't want to call it that, but you are saying vanilla, right? Or or you know, passé. And it was like it's all in and all ready, and you want to dial it up, and 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 so, but not have the stress. So the peaceful is part of the managing and coping skills for that stress. But the cheeky is all about that dial that part of it all that that wop, right? Uh, and 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 I'm so glad to hear that you guys have. Some future online support tools just to leverage all of these great pieces. But you guys are magical in that this is just about women supporting women, dialing it up, sharing our stories and our breakthroughs so that we have this mind-blowing breakthrough. And you're like, where do you want to start? And you know, you talk about I love that you said, you know, maybe you you think overcoming her disability, being born without my hands for those of you that are just listening and can't see or being born without my legs. And that's, that's above knees. Mm-hmm. So I've got one arm above elbow and, and one hand missing and both legs are above my knees. And you know, it isn't something that I saw as overcoming right? because I was just born this way. I, I didn't choose to be a hero. I didn't choose to overcome. I literally, and they have no idea why, was just born this way, right? My mom didn't do drugs or have alcohol or fall down a flight of stairs. Nobody else, none of my relatives, grandparents, sister, nieces, nephews, cousins, zero, not my great, 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 great grandparents, zero people before me, zero people after me were born missing limbs. So, I know that I was born exactly the way
0: I was meant to be,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i'm I so- love that you say that though because so many times people in and through your story, obviously you see it, but so many people use that poor me mentality to where that's not even close to anything you're you know you've done
2: no and and you know you think, "Oh, I'm sad that she's missing her arms and her legs or this little girl you know and And I have every excuse, right? And not even an excuse. And so do so many of your listeners, right? I don't know what's going on in your households. I know that uh, abuse hotline for women is up 400% right now during COVID. I just heard it on the news this morning. 400% uh, husbands are abusing their wives, 400% more. And then there's people that aren't physically abusive, but that being on top of each other, this quarantine is just you know, stressing out and maxing out a lot of people. And, and Or just even in ordinary lives, the stresses of losing jobs, of having financial strife because things are canceling and no opportunity to earn income or people who are already in the middle of something like that right and or or having relationship conversation troubles just by virtue of i'm this crazy outgoing expressive soul Mm -hmm. that might say where's the mustard right (laughs) and then once i find it i'm over it right just because somebody put the mustard back in a place that doesn't belong Mm -hmm. but the expressive outgoing soul in me might say where's the mustard right whereas (laughs) an introvert might internalize and be grumpy inside their head. I can't believe they put the mustard there. I couldn't find it, I wasted all this time and busy grumbling internal dialogue in their head and not say anything and even be a little grumpy. And then I'm on the couch like, oh, look at this movie. I found one we haven't watched, isn't that great? Or, oh my goodness, I got this brilliant podcast idea and I'm all excited about a movie or a podcast and I don't know that my introverted friend here is grumbling inside their head about the fact that I put the mustard back in the wrong place because they're introverted and they go inside their head. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, whether it's dysfunctional or whether it's just personality differences, I know that, that as myself, as a four way amputee, I have every excuse. Nobody would judge me for not being able to work with no arms and no legs. Mm-hmm. And nobody would judge me for being a little bit sad. I live all alone and here I am a four-way amputee and there's nobody here to, to help me reach certain things, to make certain food. I'm eating mostly frozen food because reaching the stove is hard and nobody can come in and help me prepare anything or grocery shop or all of those. Like normally I go out and about and there's always somebody great that will hand me, can you please hand me that can from the top shelf if I'm in a chair? My, my power chair, but right now everybody's got to stay five feet away from me. So my daily activities of making a request of somebody nearby is over, right? Everybody's avoiding me and, and then those that aren't avoiding me are patting me. Like you're wearing gloves, so you're protected, but how come you're patting me? I'm not protected because you're like all sad for me. Well, I have every excuse to maybe be a little bit broken down right now. Like, they've done a survey this morning. It came out they they interviewed two thousand people in Toronto, and fifty percent of them are in some need. Michelle's services. Michelle, who is this licensed professional in clinical practices for folks looking for mental wellness and struggling with their mental health. We have got Michelle, who's this professional. And 50% of them have got anxiety, have got depression clinically now, given everything that's going on. And, and oh, it
0: has to be so much worse right now.
2: Yeah, those are the ones willing to legally say so on a survey to some stranger online. Mm-hmm. So you know it's, it's way more than that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we know that suicide is up and we don't know who's committed suicide and nobody's found them in their home even. These are just the people that we found and it's up.
1: Right.
2: And and, and so if no one would judge me being alone as a four-way amputee, but I know that if I live a life, no matter what the realistic reason is, I know if I live a life of no excuses, I get to live a life of no limits. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what reasons or excuses are going on in your listeners' world. I don't know what, what their relationships are like. I don't know who's sick inside their family or in their neighborhood or in their community. I don't know what their financial circumstances are. I don't know what was going on in their life before COVID and now multiplied times 10 because of COVID. I don't know what the impact of the isolation. I don't know. These are all very realistic reasons, real excuses. But I know for myself as a four-way amputee, I am so lucky. I am so lucky that I was born a four-way amputee because early on from the very first day, I wanted a cookie and I couldn't get it as easy as my sister with her hands and her legs. But I was just a kid that wanted a cookie. And so I wasn't a hero. I was just a motivated kid for a cookie. And so I rolled over, I laid down and I rolled over and I stole a cookie (laughs) right? And here's my mom thinking that I can't get that cookie. She's like, oh, she's on the blanket. She's fine. No arms, no legs. Little did she know, right? That every child is motivated, arms or legs or not. Right. There's a will, there's a way. And so I was so lucky to be born without arms and legs because I learned every day I had to disrupt the norm. Every day, every day today and every day of my life, for fifty years, people have said, "Oh no, I'm sorry, but you just can't do that." Right? Every day, I have to boycott the norm. I have to disrupt the norm to hold a cup of tea. Like I'll go to Tim Hortons. Not now, but before I go to Tim Hortons, which is a very popular Canadian coffee chain in Canada. Oh yeah, we and have it. You have Tim Hortons in Ohio? No, at I Niagara Falls, right? Tim Hortons is so amazing. And they make a steeped tea. So, none of this tea bag in some hot water business. A proper tea bag first, boiling water on top to steep the tea. This is the real way to make tea. Mm-hmm. This is why Americans don't love tea because you <laughs> throw it in after. And that's not how you get the right flavor. <laughs> <laughs> and so, when I order with no hands a steeped tea, they, they usually take a step back from the cash register. Their eyes go big as wide as saucers and they say, oh, I'm sorry. I can't serve you that. And, I, and so I don't say why all angry and defensive. I say, oh, how come in a friendly way, in a welcoming way?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're like, well, how am I going to hand it to you? I said, oh, it's okay. I can do it. No problem. So they go ahead with the order, but confused. And then they ask the person behind me that doesn't even know me. And they say, how does she like her tea? Right. My hands are missing. My legs are missing, but my brain isn't missing. My, my voice isn't missing. I can describe, I like four milk in my tea. Mm -hmm. My mom likes to joke, have some tea with your milk because I like it such a milky tea for milk with my tea. And so, and I have a master's in business, right? I don't present, not that it matters whether you have a master's or not, but I don't present like I have an intellectual impairment. I don't believe you've all been listening so far, but because my hands are missing and it's just like all of the listeners, right? As, As majority listeners are women, right? A lot of people underestimate women Why are there more CEOs and COOs, and why are there men in positions of leadership? Because women get underestimated, whether you have an MBA or not. So whether you have a disability or not, we all share this story of naysayers not seeing that we are capable. You know, our magical friend Lauren on this three-way call right now, of the three of, I've got an MBA, Michelle is a licensed professional, clinical with mental health, I have a master. Do you know who is, uh, and you have a master's as well, master's Michelle. Mm-hmm. Do you know who is the guru in technology? Do you know who the business brainchild is between the three of us for this podcast? It's Lauren. Absolutely. And Lauren's the hairdresser. Yep. Lauren is the business brainchild. And, and I will I tell share- you too,
0: sometimes like when I was getting started and doing stuff like this, Of course, I had some of that self-doubt. It's like, oh gosh, am I going to need to have some kind of degree just for people to take me serious? But then I'm like, no, because I believe in just being willing to grow and learn and you can, you know, get ahead in the game if you're just always willing to do those things. And jump in. Like in December when you did the podcast, did you know exactly how to do it? No. No. And we you knew learned. we wanted to start. And that's the funny thing. Is th- those kind of situations obviously just keep getting thrown at us because December wasn't that long ago. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now we can't record together. So now it's what do you figure out to keep going, to keep the momentum and the consistency of saying to our people, we're going to show up even if it's not perfect. Yes. And so that
2: embraced the possibility. Like everybody listening in, even if you don't know how, you jump in and you embrace that possibility. So I think of when I was skiing, right? And I got no arms and no legs. And my mom shows up with this little ski club, and you gotta remember, this is like early 80s, late 70s, right? And she shows up with this little girl with no arms and no legs, and says, my daughter, for some crazy cheeky reason, (laughs) wants to ski. And they look at her and they say, oh, I'm so sorry. Said, so we're not gonna be able to do that for her. And and they say, and then they say, Well, and mom very kindly says that very friendly question. She doesn't say why, because why would make them feel defensive. She says, with a nice smile and an open armed body language, not arms crossed, open arms consciously, eye contact, she says, How come? And they said, well, we have no idea how we're going to do this. We cannot guarantee that it's going to work. We don't know how she's going to be able to do it with no hands. And so my mom said, I totally understand. And she came back and she said, it's okay if it doesn't work out. Do you think we could just try? No problem. I'll sign a waiver, whatever you need. And he said, as long as you know, it might not work out. And she said, completely. We just want to try. How do you know unless you try? And so I'm this really big believer of, and right from a very young age, of like who you surround yourself with. We were, I think there's no coincidence that, that the three cheeky individuals on this podcast right now were drawn together. Because we got this cheeky vibe looking to have this life that ultimately is peaceful, but through our cheeky vibe, right? All three of us are cheeky goddesses. And it makes sense that their mutual friend, who is a mutual new connection friend with me, mm-hmm. said, You guys got to get together, right? Who you surround yourself with is who you become. And so, all of you, you know, invite people into these podcasts that you know would benefit from this cheeky goddess conversation because they've got a like-minded vibe invite them in and so i asked them is there a place where there's a whole bunch of instructors that'll be gathering right this 11 year old girl and they're like yeah there's this family festival in newfoundland and that's a very that's the cheekiest part of canada the newfoundlanders are the most cheeky province of all in canada and i would fathom Probably the cheekiest state or province in all of North America. They are a very cheeky tribe in North, in uh, Newfoundland. So we go, we fly out to Newfoundland where there's this, and me and my instructor were sitting on a bench, and I have got my legs off, and my instructor has his boots off, and in the morning we had tried to sit ski. Which is like a chair with skis underneath it, and people that are paralyzed from the waist down, or people missing their legs, they use these crutches with skis on the end,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and 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 then they and if they're paralyzed and they sit on this sit ski. But because I don't have hands, I wasn't able to steer the sit ski with my outriggers, with my out with my crutches with skis on, and we wiped out a ton. And, and I, I really exhausted my poor instructor. So he's sitting there with his ski boots off and I'm sitting there with my legs off because it was better in the sit ski with no legs. And then cheeky 11-year-old Tracy. I swear this is the way I always tell this story. Cheeky 11-year-old Tracy. It's so funny. These are cheeky goddesses. I know, it's crazy. I look at his boots and the cheeky part of me says, holy cow, he's got big feet, gigantic feet. And I'm thinking my thighs, my stumps, right? Without my legs, remember they end above knees. My thighs could fit in his ski boots. They're so big. And and, uh, and all you adult ladies, I hope you didn't go cheeky elsewhere with that story. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking he had big feet. <laughs> and then I got this light bulb. And I'm like, my thighs could fit in his ski boots. Mm-hmm. So we gave it a go. We put my thighs in men's ski boots. But because ski boots are angled forward... My first, you know, 10 stand ups, I face planted, face planted, face planted. I kept it just angled me because remember, I'm knees to skis,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so I'm angled way too far forward. I'm supposed to be forward on my skis, but I was majorly with no knee bending canted forward. And so, what we did is we put my thighs in men's ski boots. Backwards. Oh my gosh. Because I have no toes, right? So we turn the ski boots around because I'm knees to skis. So that puts my bum sticking out the back and throws my shoulders forward in like a mimicked duck squat position, like you guys would do with your knees. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm in a a, a parallel, I'm not exactly like you guys in the duck squat but in my knees to skis version of a duck squat with no legs. So remember I'm knees to skis and we didn't know how I was going to ski. We didn't know how we were going to do this podcast when COVID-19 says you can't be together anymore, Lauren and Michelle, but you guys jumped in, right? And we didn't know how I would ski, but I jumped in to Newfoundland and I surrounded myself with these cheeky goddess women, and these cheeky vibed kind of ski instructors that said, okay, she's given us permission to fail, but if it doesn't work out, no problem. Her only expectation is that we try, authentically try. And so they were, they were given a space when my mom said, how come and opened it up. And so we get to this chairlift with the backward ski boots and I'm knees to skis. So when I'm sitting on the chairlift, as you can imagine, normally skis are underneath, parallel to the ground on a chairlift. But because I'm knees to skis now, my skis are perpendicular to the ground. And so I am facing my skis because I'm knees to skis. There's nothing bending my knees to put my skis underneath me. Well, the reason that's important to the story is that when my perpendicular skis got to the dismount of the chairlift area, there's usually a pile of snow. Well, don't the back tips of my perpendicular skis hit the ski mound and slingshot me off of that chairlift?
0: Oh
1: Oh, my
2: God. (laughs) And it slingshotted me past the beginner green bunny run. It slingshotted me past the medium difficulty run, the blue runs, Mm -hmm. and it slingshotted me momentously full speed all the way to the double black diamond most difficult run in Corner Brook, Newfoundland. Marble Mountain is the ski resort. You can look it up so Mm -hmm. you know I'm not teasing. I'm full hundred percent telling the truth we it slingshotted me all the way to the double black diamond the name of that run now remember the cheekiness i told you out of 50 states and all the provinces in canada the cheekiest province and state in all of north america is the newfoundlanders okay so please forgive me (laughs) bless you (laughs) the name of that run is called (laughs) O-M-J. <laughs> the Newfoundlanders call it, Ooh, me Jesus.
0: <laughs> oh
2: my and that's with a bit of their accent. <laughs> and they're not being blasphemous. Forgive me, Lord. I am not taking your name in vain. In fact, they are honoring for those of you that believe they are honoring it because when you're on the top of that run, looking down, you are saying a prayer to whoever you believe in. Right. And that's why they call it. Omj.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: Oh, yeah. So we will just call it, oh, my goodness, to be more politically correct going forward. it's okay. But if if you look it up, it's, oh, my Jesus, Marble Mountain. Oh, my. That's crazy. So we're at the top of this run. And Ian, my ski instructor, right, he is the professional, right? He is Lauren, the professional life coach. He is Michelle, who's got a master's, a licensed professional in clinical mental health right? He is the masters of skiing, right? He's a level four ski instructor who you surround yourself with. You know, you got to jump and you jump all the way in, but you still surround yourself with people that give you a professional coaching so you can personally jump in, right? Mm -hmm. So I surround myself with Ian and Ian says to me at the top of this run, and if you look at the run online, there's trees on the right of it and there's trees on the left of it. So when you get there, there's no way out. The only way to take it on is kind of like Corona or, or like COVID, not Corona beer. Corona beer is okay to drink. <laughs> Keep drinking them. Don't stop drinking them. That's right. just crazy that everybody stopped drinking Corona beer. COVID. It's kind of like COVID-19. There's no way out now. We're all in it. And so it's kind of like that with the, oh my goodness run, the oh, my Jesus run, OMJ. There's trees on the left, trees on the right. The only way to take it on now is to take it on. And so Ian looks at me and he says to me, he says, Tracy, it's really important that you remember to turn. I'm 11. I just want to ski. I say, okay, okay. And what you focus on grows. I believe that very deeply. I took a look at the run and I decided that the trees and the bushes looked more appetizing than straight down the cliff. Right? So I I started to head towards the trees. Well, what you focus on grows. The trees are coming at me faster and faster. Ian is shouting,
1: turn,
2: turn, turn. I don't know how to turn. And I skied right into those trees full speed. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ian gets me out of the trees. Right, he has to get his skis off, my skis off. I'm covered in snow, soft snow. I'm fine. There's bushes, there's snow gets me out of the bushes, out of the snow. He gets my ski boots on, because remember, they're just wedged on my thighs. He's got to wedge them back on my thighs. He gets his skis back on. And this time he says to me, Tracy, no matter what you do, make sure you, what did he say?
1: Turn.
2: Yes, he <laughs> said turn. What you focus on grows. Off I go. Guess what's on the other side of that run? Some really? more trees. <laughs> what, well, you focus on rows. I focus on the trees again, and I'm focusing, and I'm focusing, and Ian's shouting and shouting, turn, turn, turn. I wiped out in the trees 13 times. Oh
1: my gosh!
2: What do you think I finally did on the 13th time? Turned. Turned. <laughs> You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I never turned. I did not turn. You see, it was my first day. I didn't know how to turn. I needed to learn how to turn. But, you know, Will Smith and a lot of other people, they all talk about the only difference between failure and success is one more try. You know, the billionaires, the movie stars, the famous basketball players, the superstar masters, licensed professional clinical mental health professionals, the phenomenal coaches and business gurus of podcasts like our Lauren, you know, myself on a stage. The only difference between
1: failure and success is one more try. But see, a lot of people wouldn't have gotten on the skis to begin with, or after the first couple of times when you (laughs) couldn't get it going, and then once you get them on backwards and you're going up the hill, and then once you crash 13, 14 times, I mean, you know, people give up. Yes. And you don't give up. I mean, that is a huge piece there that's... Because I was lucky to be born with no hands and no legs.
2: I learned that if I stop, I don't get the cookie, right?
0: I have to try 15 times. So before. is that always your motivation? You just keep pushing because you you know that you'll get there? Uh, and I know that if I don't, it won't happen, right? People
2: people feel sad for me. People are want to hug me. I, I have no abundance lacking of love people do not expect me to partake in everyday kindergarten class. People don't expect me to ski. People don't expect me to be able to get that cookie. right? And so, and part of that, you know, life stages is children are like mommy, 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 and completely dependent on, and they're forming. And when you have a new friend, you're like, oh, I like lollipops (laughs) too. Or I use cheeky too. Or I love dogs like Michelle's dogs. Or I love children like, Lauren's little ones you know and we we're like look at all the things we've got in common and we forming 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 but then we get to the teenage stage where those conversations are tougher because the teenager needs to learn some adult skills and they need that to they need to assert their independence but there's been 18 years of no independence and counting on so there needs to be a little bit of strife so that those parents get that separation to realize I have an independent adult on my hands now. It is not my role. And so they need to, they need to be strong enough to almost reject it a little to be a successful adult. And, and a new task is like that. We're like, oh, I love snow and I love cold and I love the, the fun, playful people that are cheeky and look at all the things we have in common. And then we go through that storming phase. Oh, this is tough. And what are we going to do? And it's harder. And that's when a lot of people quit a job right? We say, Oh, I can do this job. And in a job interview we're the enthusiastic beginner and we advocate and we have you, or we're riding a bicycle and yeah, I want to ride a bike just like my older brothers and sisters, or yeah, I'm a teenager and I want to drive and I can do it. I can drive. I've seen it. It looks easy. And then they want to drive, want to drive, but then they have their first car accident, or they try to merge on a highway for the first time, or they try to parallel park for the first time. And so like all of us, like that teenager stage with parents or a new car or a new bike or a new job, we get that disillusionment. And there's that next phase where things are a little harder because we don't know what we don't know, right? You're like, yeah, I want to do a podcast, but you don't know what you don't know about audio quality and about timing and about how everybody's computer's different. And how do I transfer it from this place to that place so that it goes worldwide for a podcast and, and so we don't know what we don't know, but that disillusionment stage, a lot of people quit there and, and we need to acknowledge, actually, you're better than the enthusiastic beginner that blindly says, I can drive. It's better that you learn it's hard to merge on a highway. It's better that you learn to have to shoulder check for a parallel turn. It's better that you learn, oh, there's multiple speaker things that i have to master before i can broadcast a quality podcast right you are better than a beginner that said i want to do a great podcast because now you know even though you don't know how to solve it at least you're smarter than the enthusiastic beginner and so people that have had struggles in their life like divorce like children disowning them and or or like a loved animal dying or like losing a job or like moving to a new country or like being born with no arms and no legs right the bonus to that is that we have been through the disillusion learning and for whatever reason are forced to get to capable but cautious when you've been lucky enough to get through to capable but cautious now you learn and you know, what's really funny is my Google in the background is defining capable and cautious uh, it, because it heard me using those words. So you can hear the my Google. See, I'm not alone. I got Google in the house with me. It's so funny. I've said something to tr- trigger a definition. Mm-hmm. And so when you, I was lucky to be born a four-way amputee that even before I cared to stop because babies want to eat, babies want a cookie, babies want to play, babies want what they want right? They want to hold the spoon even if it is spaghetti all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. And so they don't care that it's messy or that it looks bad, right? They just want to eat and hold the spoon without their mom in that moment. So that relentlessness uh, with people around doubting was, was tenfold for me without arms and legs. So I was lucky to learn that even though I have a failing stage, I have a disillusionment stage, that when I don't stop, I get too capable and cautious. Cautious because I now know what I didn't know and I need to look out for so that I don't get hit by another car, for example, right? I don't fall down or I don't go in the trees, but that I'm capable. That despite wiping out, I'm capable, I figured it out. The trouble is after wiping out 13 times, we become cautious, but now I know how to turn. So am I now being too cautious, right? And so now we need life coaches like Lauren that say, you can do this. You have mastered the turn. Yes, you wiped out, but you got this now. You figured out the sound check for podcasts. You figured out the skills you need to be a master's for a licensed professional for mental health as a clinical practitioner, Michelle, right? You figured that out. You figured out what skills you needed to acquire to be really good at making breakthroughs for others. And now you are capable. And so believing in yourself.
1: But and you so- think, can I ask though, do you think, I mean, I was going to, this was one of our questions too, but who inspired you, but is it nature or nurture? Is it, because this is, you have a personality that's larger than life that's nothing holds you back that you know so that's you know that's maybe nature but then the nurture part is did your mama say like that but why why not you know and she didn't say why not she said how come come. right 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 because
2: why is a trigger word right
1: so the how come so nature nurture both you know yeah right everybody has that tenaciousness yeah you know to figure
2: it out well and there's so many pieces to that question, right? And this story started because of uh, giving the example of uh, Lauren saying, you know, I didn't know if I could do it. And I of course had self doubt, but I jumped in. And so it made me think of, I didn't know if I could ski, but I jumped in and who you surround yourself with and you jumped in, but there's still failure, but you jump in and, and that believing you can do it no matter what. And you're saying that's my personality, right? And so embracing that possibility, you can do it one more try. And, and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I practice, 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 and I learned how to turn. And on Friday I skied, oh my goodness, I skied OMJ Mm -hmm. because I learned how to turn and I didn't wipe out once. Mm -hmm. And I actually was mad at Ian, my ski instructor, because I thought he didn't go there. I thought he skipped it. I didn't even recognize OMJ. And he said, Tracy, you skied it. And I'm like, but I couldn't have, I never wiped out. And he's like, you skied it, look, right? And and I didn't even believe it. And so sometimes we're struggling and we're so convinced of the struggle that we don't even realize we've mastered some of those skills. I love that you said that. Is it nature, is it nurture? I actually, I didn't talk until I was about two and a half. And you know, when you do, and, and you probably get this, I think she's super extroverted. And you're right. If I do a personality profile, I come out on the like hundred percentile, not 90, not 80. I'm like 100% extroverted. I love that outgoingness. Mm-hmm. But what people don't know about me is that my, pro, my personality profile comes out really unusual because it also comes out 99% introverted. Hmm. And in, in kindergarten, And as a child, as a little child, like I didn't talk. And so I wonder, did I, did it, did the, you know, everybody's staring at me in my pram and then everybody's face goes sad. And so I learned somehow to, before I can remember, I can't explain why or how, but I learned, if I looked at someone in the eye and smiled, that they would turn their frown upside down, right? If I looked at their I looked at them I was like I'm okay mm-hmm. I'm okay and so I and i and I think one of my first words was first was like hi I'm Tracy I'm okay because everybody looked at me like maybe I wasn't and so I learned I could have this whole space of people spontaneously crying or if I very quickly made eye contact I could turn that conversation around and I could just go on with having a great day because I needed to make their day okay before my day was going to be okay. Because they couldn't help but be sad looking at me with no arms and no legs. And so nature versus nurture? I don't know, I don't know. I think I was lucky to be born this way because I think I learned I had to make eye contact and I had to initiate a conversation that believed like,
1: I can do it, I can do it. It And help people believe it. And it made people see you, not your Arms not my and arms and my legs. See, made, my- it made them see you when you smile, and it, your your face is speaking with your yes. eyes and your smile. Then it's not just that. That's not that. This is who you are. Yes. Yeah.
2: And so let's bring this into like the corporate world example of like Lauren saying, I don't know if I could do this and I don't, and, and underestimating of of that. And she was kind enough to share that. And I just, I use that because she's the current conversation, but we know that there's listeners that say, well, yeah, you guys can do a podcast, but I could never do a podcast. Yes, you can. Like, well, you can ski Tracy because you're unstoppable. Actually I was shy and didn't talk at all until I was two and a half. Mm -hmm. So, so the environment made me unstoppable. Right. And, and so My personality, yeah. And yes, I'm lucky that I I bring that toolbox of you you just don't stop. Failure isn't an answer. One more try makes you a billionaire. One more try makes you a movie star. One more try makes you a superstar athlete. One more try makes you a superstar mom. One more try makes you break through on a conversation, whether it's deciding for divorce or not, right? Like one more try is what gets you to the next evolution of your learning life journey and by the way all of those wipeouts really supported me in figuring out how to balance with no legs Mm -hmm. like if i didn't wipe out 14 times i might never have learned how to turn right i needed every single one of those wipeouts to master where my head needs to be to successfully turn for example right So if you're wiping out right now symbolically with a relationship or finances or health or someone in your neighborhood, whatever, or your training with your puppy, right? Or your bedtime routine with your child, right? Like whatever it is, it's all part of the learning journey that ultimately contributes to your big success. Walt Disney went bankrupt nine times before he became billionaire Walt Disney. Right? It's just bankrupt. People don't want to sponsor or fund somebody that's been bankrupt once, never mind, nine times. Right. right. And he is the Walt Disney we all know and love today. So it's that unfathomable belief, whatever anybody else believed, Walt Disney knew this was magic. Right. And 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 because I was a naive little child with a disability, I learned this is incredible. And so is it nature? Is it nurture? I, th- I think it can be both, I think uh, but I don't think it's only my personality. I think it was the nurture. I think, it's, I think people are lucky that have had failure, significant strife in their life. And I think the people that are struggling the most right now are affluent, and they've never moved, and they live in small towns, and they know everybody, and that they haven't had significant change or strife. And so in the business world, that brings two examples to mind. That's where I was going. I apologize. So at Shoppers Drug Mart in the United States, that's Walgreens, right? You have a pharmaceutical company uh, encased in a big box convenience format where you can get everything under the sun at Walgreens. Or if your listeners are from United Kingdom, that's Boots or Europe, right? Boots, It's a pharmaceutical plus a big box convenience format of food and beauty and convenience items. And so in Canada, our Walgreens, our boots is called shoppers drug mart. It's a national, all of our provinces have shoppers drug mart, Walgreens boots. And in Canada, the pharmaceutical is funded by the government Mm -hmm. and overnight, overnight, we brought in a new CEO, Jürgen, and Jürgen was from Germany. And he said, for us to be global, we need to globally source our stuff, right? That's what Walgreens does and Walmart does. They globally source to make it affordable, right? And, uh, and our Canadian government got so mad at him that overnight they, they cut pharmaceutical funding. So people's pharmaceuticals, Their medicine was funded by the Canadian government and 55% of our shoppers' drug mark profits, 55% of our profits were pharmaceuticals and overnight that was cut. So overnight, our pharmaceutical, 55% of our profits was in the red on the balance sheet. And so what did we do? We brought in, right, nothing about us without us nothing about us without us don't give solutions to people with disabilities without involving people with disabilities Mm -hmm. don't give women job solutions by a committee made full of men Mm -hmm. right nothing about us without us and so we are shoppers drug mart we are walgreens we are boots how do you want the next steps well who is in the business who is in the trenches so bring in and gather the input from your customers, gather the input from your employees that are working in the stores and working on the decisions, right? Don't outsource to a bunch of strategists only, right? Gather the input from prof- from people that are professional at gathering input, right? There's also a skill to gathering input. And so we, we, they, that's where they brought me in. They brought in Unstoppable Tracy to gather in the input and help a breakthrough from the overnight, the outperforming the stock market company now has 55% of their profits in the red. So I gathered input and we gathered input. And you know what we were not doing at Shoppers Drug Mart is we were not uh, doing beauty items and we were not doing food and we were not doing baby items as much as we could So you talk about like a hairdresser that knows the job. We brought in the the beauty makeover artists and they're they're in this focus group and they're saying, you know, 33% marked up of all the items in the store, including pharmaceuticals, the biggest markup is makeup, 33%. I don't understand why they don't market and leverage and position point of purchase more effectively for beauty items right most of our women coming into the store most of the women coming in the store are shopping our women at walgreens at boots and at shoppers drug mart and so women use beauty items and it's the biggest markup and it was our beauticians and nobody would the strategists the ceos the vps the directors nobody would listen to the beauticians whereas in my focus groups i'm like so when i presented it like a strategy why don't you increase beauty And it wasn't my idea, but it's these women that were beauticians that may or may have not had a master's, but they knew the breakthrough strategy that would keep the business afloat and make them lots and lots more money. And same with the food and same with the baby items from the moms that were shoppers that said, you know, I come in for baby items. Why don't you give me more baby items? Mm-hmm. Right. I, and, and I come in and I don't have, I've got time for one shop. My nap, my, my napping window for my child is very short. And so if I could go, you you say your convenience. So if I co- if I could get my milk, my baby formula and my spinach all in one place, along with some moisturizer for some chapstick yeah. or something that would make my life better. Well, when they increased all of those things, they outperform the stock market within a month. Wow. And so it doesn't matter if you have a master's, you have lived experience, it's a valuable contribution. Your only trick, your obstacle, your roadblock is not whether you can do it, is not whether you know how to or not. The big obstacle is learning how to overcome naysayers. And and we've heard some of those tricks today One way to overcome naysayers is to to non-defensively, open-armed, open open eyes, smile on your face, deep eye contact, and say, how come, when they say no? And then to be unstoppable, right? If they say no, N-O, it just means K-N-O-W. They're just saying, I don't know. Hear no, N-O, as they just don't know. Mm-hmm. Right, as a four-way amputee, I learned at five years old that no, no, just means know. Mm-hmm. Right, a principal told me that I couldn't go to kindergarten. Uh, all summer, my mom said, "You get to go to school today," and I was so excited. And I'm this five-year-old kid, and I'm face to face with this principal, and we're at the door of the school, and he, Mom's holding my hand, and he's saying, "I'm sorry." Tracy can't go to this school. And what what question did my mom say to the principal?
1: Why not? Almost. Oh, I keep saying it. That's okay. How come? How come? See, it's such How a paradigm come? Come? shift. It is a paradigm shift.
2: And Michelle, you are magical. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because that's what we all do, right? Why not? Why not? Why not? Thank you, thank you for helping illustrate how we accidentally and what did Michelle do it was magical she smiled she made eye contact with the camera she had her she she removed her hand from her arm and said why not right so 93% of the message is body language and voice tone 93% of Michelle's message was magical she essentially said 93% of her message essentially said how come only 7% of Michelle's message is a trigger. It's the why, right? Only 7%. So 93% of Michelle was how come, right? You were welcoming, you were eye contact, you were friendly, you were smiling. You were 93% how come? So, so it's just that we all have stories from our past, right? We might've had a brother that called us fat or we might've had a teacher that called us stupid. And the, and the thing with the word why is that we've all got somebody that said to us why with a voice tone and a body language that would throw us into defense because they clearly were being judgmental in the way they said why. So we all have an internal dialogue that isn't even on the front of our brain. It's, it's repressed. And so we skip thinking now. We go, we go from our heart to how we feel when they say why, right to, uh-oh. And so one of the reasons that I'm overemphasizing change why to how come is because we have these stories that are repressed that it's an automatic meaning now. We, we don't process what, it, what they're saying anymore. We hear why, because we've had 100 whys that were judgmental. But we've only had one or two how comes that are judgmental. So we're more set up for success if we remember to say, how come? Exactly the way Michelle said it. Michelle was magical with her voice tone and her body language and her smile and her eye contact and her open arms. And that's 93% of the message, body language and voice tone. But the reason why is so much more important than most of those 7% of those words is because of the old stories we've had that we bring into our current conversations. Mm -hmm. So my mom said to the principal, the principal looks at me five years old and says, Tracy, you can't go to this school five years old. After all summer, my mom said, I get to go. What did my mom say? How come? How come? Yeah! High five, my friend, symbolically, listening, high five. I'm trying to slap my no arms together to make a sound of a clap. Way to go, my fabulous friend. And all of you that are learning with us all, how come? My mom says, how come? And because the principal wasn't defensive, he kindly explained He said in the nicest voice tone, he said, well, you know, it's the 70s and there are no educational assistants. There are no support workers. There's no helpers. And so there's 30 children and there's one teacher and out of 30 children, that one teacher will not be able to help Tracy with no hands tie her shoelace and out of 30 children, that teacher's not going to be able to help Tracy go to the bathroom without her legs. I'm so sorry. And so my mom could hear that he was worried about not being able to help me, was worried about not being able, almost kind of being stuck with me, in a crisis, right? So it totally makes sense. He wasn't being mean. He just had no helpers. How does one teacher with 30 kids, help a four-way amputee like me. And so my mom, she replied, I totally understand. And then she counter offers. She says, do you think you could give me one week? And if it doesn't work out, no problem. And the, and the principal said, Well, I guess since, since you're here today, my mom says, thank you. And then she drops to her knees in front of the principal, in front of all these people waiting for the school bell to go off, to go inside. It was packed and she's on cement and she drops to her knees. I'm five years old. I have no idea why my mom's dropping to her knees. Of course, my mom is dropping to her knees because she wants to look me at the ever important eye to eye. And of course, I'm short at five years old, right? So my mom drops to her knees and she grabs my arm. She does that parental five-finger super grip, right? Or 10-finger super grip. She's holding both of my arms with 10 of her fingers super tightly. She's looking at me eye to eye. Her eyes are all like welled up, emotional, right? And she's like in this panic. And she, and I, like, I feel like I'm looking at her right now. And my eyes are a little watery, just remembering my mom, right? And my mom's on her knees and, and, and she's on her knees and she's holding my arm so tight. And I have no idea why my mom is so intense. And she looks at me and she finally, she kind of choked up and she finally talks and she says, Tracy. It's really important that you and everybody's included. Nobody left behind, including you, Tracy. I don't know why my mom was like being super intense, right? I don't know that if I don't make it outside for recess time, then I don't get to play. I don't get to stay. Not only I don't get to play, I don't get to stay at that school. And I look up at the principal because my mom is being so serious and emotional and it's in front of the whole school and I'm kind of embarrassed, right? And there's all these kids looking at us. And I look up at the principal And the principal's eyes are like all welled up, right? So he's all emotional. And and I don't know why. I just want to play. So of course, the principal, after hearing my mom say this to me, the principal really wants me to be able to stay on Friday. So fast forward to recess time. The principal's so excited. He runs outside to see if he can find me. Because if I'm outside, he doesn't have to send me away on Friday. And he's so excited. And he's looking for me everywhere. He can't find me anywhere. Five minutes, 10 minutes. At 15 minutes, he still can't find me. And the... The recess bell goes off. I never made it outside. So, of course, the principal is devastated, right? He's like, what am I going to tell Tracy's mom? How am I going to explain to her that she can't stay? So he runs inside to find my teacher, and he asks my teacher, I how come Tracy didn't make it outside? Couldn't she tie her shoelaces? And the teacher's all confused looking at him. She's like, actually, Tracy was the first one with her shoelaces tied. Was like, what? She's like, yeah. And the friends were like, how come Tracy's not outside then at recess if she was the first one? She never made it outside. She goes, yeah, I know. He said, what happened? She said, well, one of her little friends couldn't tie her shoelaces. What did my mom say? Left behind. Nobody left
1: behind.
2: And so I helped my little friend tie her shoelace. It turns out, none of the 30 other kids could tie their shoelaces. So by the time I tied 30 shoelaces, so nobody was left behind and everybody was included, the racist bell had gone off. It had taken me more than 15 minutes. Wow. So, you know, what I said was, the roadblock is not knowing how. The roadblock is not being a woman. The roadblock is not having a master's. The roadblock is how do you have a conversation with naysayers? What I told you was, I learned at five years old that no, and no, when the principal said no, no, Tracy can't go to that school, I learned that day with the principal that when the principal said no, and no, Tracy can't go to the school, it was just that he didn't know. K-N-O-W. Wow. So I'm so lucky at five that whenever I hear no, I hear, oh, they just don't K-N-O-W. Right. Which is a big pain for my poor mother because I always hear, well, my mom just doesn't know. Right. Instead of no. Right. And sometimes she does know, but I, you know, I never heard it that way. Mm -hmm. And so, so replay in the business context when my mom said, when I, she was told no. When someone says to you, no, you're too young. No, you don't have enough education. No, you don't have enough experience uh, or yourself. No, I don't think I'll share with friends and family. I'm a realtor because I don't want to be salesy. Well, shame on you. I would rather do real estate with a trusted friend than with some stranger that probably will take me for a bit of my money and you would protect me instead. Right? Mm -hmm. So I want to know who my friends are that are doing real estate, for example, or which of my friends are successful coaches like Lauren, or I don't really want to share my mental wellness with a stranger. I want to share it with someone I trust. So I would rather go with a licensed professional like Michelle here for my mental wellness, who is a master's and a clinical practitioner, licensed professional right like I want to know these things about people in my world and so no just means k-n-o-w whether it's you telling yourself no or someone else telling you no but listen the way you turn a naysayer in yourself or in others is that you ask how come Mm -hmm. and then you do the Stephen Covey seven habits of highly effective people you seek first to understand before being understood. I'm speaking slowly because there's some note takers out there. For you note takers, I'll say it again. Stephen Covey, seven habits, of highly effective people. Seek first to understand before being understood. Mom non-defensively said, how come? And what she heard was that the principal said he was worried about being stuck with me. So she didn't counter offer. She can tie her shoelaces. She can go to the bathroom by herself because that's not what he said he was worried about. He wasn't worried about me tying shoelaces and and going to the bathroom. He said that, but it was very evident that he was really worried about being stuck with me. He was really worried about one teacher and 30 kids and not being able to meet my needs. That was the real pain. That was the real obstacle. That was the real hurdle, right? So when mom counter-offered... He said, I'm worried about being stuck with her in a nice way. So she counteroffered, no problem. If it doesn't work out, no problem. Gave him an out. Yeah, she gave him an out. She didn't say she can tie her shoelaces, right? He said she's not gonna be able to tie her shoelaces as an example of his pain, as an example of his roadblock. She gave him an out, she said, If it doesn't work out, no problem. He won't be stuck with me. She didn't say she can tie her shoelaces. And what we do when we're overcoming naysayers, when we're negotiating with ourselves, our internal dialogue or others, we often say she can tie her shoelaces. She can tie her shoelaces. But that's not the pain. We need to wipe out 14 times before we can really hear what's the roadblock. It's not telling me to turn. It's that I don't even know how to turn, right? You embrace the possibility, even though you don't know how. Then you surround yourself with people that can and And, and you, you overcome no with believing you can do it. So you exceed uncertainty. Feeling uncertain is no excuse for an action. Exceed uncertainty, believe you can do it, and embrace possibility. Even if you don't know how, to overcome the failure. Don't avoid failure. Exceed uncertainty even when you don't know how. Exceed uncertainty. Feeling uncertain is no excuse for inaction. And I'm lucky as a four-way amputee that had breakthrough after breakthrough that I I learned to faith. So in a business story, we gave the example of gather input from your clients, gather input from the people doing the job, right? Gather input from Lauren on how to get a breakthrough with a podcast, for example, or with wellness, gather input from Michelle, right? And and for myself that does focus groups as well as stages, right? 20 countries in 2019, 20 cities in 2020 before COVID. But just like Lauren and Michelle, right? No more stages. What are we going to do? Well, the three of us we wiped out a bunch of times till we figured out. Oh well, here's a new way of working to be able to make a difference, right? You guys aren't earning income at these podcasts. You're doing it because you want to make a difference for women everywhere to believe they can do it and believe that they, even though they don't know how, are capable twelve thousand percent. I like to say two hundred and twelve percent, and unstoppable. Like and unstoppable. It's not unstoppable, Tracy. It's Unstoppable Cheeky <laughs> Goddesses. Right. We are unstoppable together. We are better together. Yes. Whether it is COVID better together or whether it is just cheeky goddesses better together. So you want to be sure how do you leverage better together is you make sure that you like the cheeky by peaceful life, and you like Unstoppable Tracy. We both have fan pages, mm-hmm. and you like it so that we can be better together ongoingly. You watch out for future online education that these guys share. And then you earn independence. You know, I. T- uh, there above my head, you can see a, a little bit of a picture, hardly, a little bit of a picture if you're watching. And for those of you, 90% of you that are just listening, when I was in Nepal and I remember I'm, I'm hanging off a cliff and I got no hands and no legs. And I got this rappel line and this lifeline, this belay line. And there was nobody left of me and nobody right of me. Kind of like my apartment right now during COVID. There is nobody except my fish, Riley, me and my fish, right? And Michelle and her dog and Lauren and her baby girl, right? All of us just have uh, small lifelines that are no. And at the moment in our businesses, left of us, right of us, there is nobody. And I remember that feeling hanging off that cliff in Nepal, the Himalayas, that there was nobody around and I was petrified. I was beyond scared. And all of a sudden somebody shouted from over the top of the cliff. Hey, Tracy, are you okay? I had forgotten about my lifeline. I'd forgotten about my belay line, my safety line. Of course, I'm not hanging off that cliff alone. There's always someone on your safety line. And that for me, for my mental health, is Michelle, and that for me in my podcast, business coaching, life coaching going forward is Lauren, life coach Lauren, and marvelous master's Michelle in licensed professional for mental wellness, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to say mental Michelle, because that didn't have the right association, so it was a bit longer, there we've got lifeline Lauren, and we got lifeline Michelle, magical Michelle, right, with her, so all of us, you want to remain unstoppable, you got unstoppable Tracy, right? All of us and all of you are unstoppable. All of you are valuable contributors, but you earn independence, not alone. You earn independence by who's your lifeline. You jump out of that peaceful moment. When I jump out of an airplane, I fly airplanes. I jump out of airplanes. I scuba dive over a hundred feet deep. You know, this new year's January 1st, 2020, I, I had my 100th dive and my goal was to dive 100 feet deep. I went to Bonaire off the coast of Venezuela, 100 feet deep for my 100th dive. I'm an advanced master certified scuba diver and with no hands, right? And, uh, and it is very peaceful. It is very peaceful 100 feet deep. And it is very peaceful once you jump out of that airplane and you're falling, there are no sounds, there's, no, there's a nothingness. And I promise you, you're not thinking about the laundry you got to do while you're falling out of that airplane, right? <laughs> Your mind is at full peace, at present in the moment of the fall. But right before you jump out of that plane, right, there's a whole lot of cheekiness to be able to jump out of that airplane right. and to get on the airplane. And there's a whole lot of cheekiness that's like, okay, I'm going to go a hundred feet deep. And there's a whole lot of Uh, that cheeky vibe that you got to muster up to get that peaceful falling out of the airplane moment and that hundred feet foot dive moment. Or on a tall ship, you know, that peace after a storm and everybody's exhausted and quiet and it's the most beautiful, peaceful moment. And you see the dolphins off the bow of that tall ship. Like those magical, peaceful moments in my life. I'll start with a whole lot of cheekiness at the I beginning. Love, of it all. I love how it's you all, bring that all around. It's, in, all, it's totally the cheeky vibe of a peaceful life. It's Matt. I love your, I love your Facebook page. Please like their Facebook page. Please like unstoppable Tracy, unstoppable you Facebook page. Right. Like, you exceed uncertainty. Feeling uncertain is no excuse for an action. Right. And you embrace the possibility, even if you don't know how that you can do it. You don't avoid failure because the only difference between failure and success is one more try. Right. And you earn independence, but you don't earn independence alone. You earn independence by who you surround yourself with, right? right? And, and when you buddy dive 100 feet deep, I have a buddy mm-hmm. and I make sure he's master certified. And, that, and when I jump out of that airplane, when you jump out of your symbolic airplane, You make sure you know who packed your parachute, right? You are jumping out of the airplane. You are independently jumping out of that airplane. But who packed your parachute, right? And I I highly suggest that Lauren and Michelle be the cheeky, Vibe Peaceful Life Parachute Packers of your life and that you stay, you follow them and you listen to these podcasts and you follow their online education in the future because that's who's packing my parachute for my symbolic jumps going forward, right? and and you, you 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 get a tribe of can-do people around you that's right. we always say that exactly.
1: like put yourself with like-minded positive inspirational people and you are one of them we are so blessed to have had you on our show we are so thankful that you've given us some wonderful insight about you and a wonderful insight on how to be the best us you know yeah. not just you the unstoppable us yes um, and to keep moving forward and not letting fear hold you back and and even if you fail at something that that can be a catalyst to change and do something different or keep pushing forward so yes yes we so appreciate and yes i we want our our cheeky vibe tribe to follow along with unstoppable tracy and see what other things she has to say? Um, as the, some of the people that are listening, that maybe were at that Buckeye Health Ohio conference to listen again, you know, hear some of the stories. And these are all new stories. Yes, new stories from what what was told before. And and truly, you are an inspiration. You know, and I, I always say this: it's it's such a blessing to get to know new people. So it's a blessing to have you now as one of our um, part of our tribe. So thank you. And I'd like to
2: gift your tribe uh everybody is welcome i i kind of feel like the only way to keep this is to keep following these guys and follow the podcast because motivation is kind of like you know you put on some perfume and you smell nice right or you put on some makeup to look nice right you put on that motivation you internalize that motivation like perfume or makeup right or a man put on a tie but when you get in the shower that all washes away. You either take off that tie, you wash away the makeup, you wash off that perfume. So what's really important is that you get an ongoingness to keep the motivation. It's great to be motivated with us today, but what's better is that ongoing application and keep reapplying, stick with this cheeky vibe, personal, peaceful life, Facebook page for sure. But another way as well, is I have an online unstoppable you book and in the book it's a free download. You, you, you visit unstoppabletracy.com and you put in your email and I'll send you a free download That's and all. I'm not selling you anything. I just send you the PDF. And so at the end of every chapter, you see there's some lines there. Mm-hmm. So I share the chapter two is the kindergarten story, for example. Mm-hmm. and, and, You know, I, I, my world cup sailing, I beat 27 able-bodied men with arms and legs Mm. and everybody at hands and feet. And there were only three women and I sailed against them. And that story is in here. So the story of how I had these, these great breakthroughs, but at the end of every chapter, it's not about unstoppable Tracy, it's about unstoppable you and you, you know, those of you that are new life coaches helps if it's not upside down. (laughs) New Life Coaches, you can repurpose these questions. Mm -hmm. And as Life Coaches, you can use these questions with your clients. Mm -hmm. And you can leverage these questions on yourself to stay Mm self-focused. And it helps you with your volunteers and your teenagers and your staff if you're managing others and developing others of all ages. And so there's questions in here that you can repurpose as a coach or you can self-reflect on. And it's a free download right. and there's no, there's no right now. There's a lot of value, 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 sell, right? There's a sell at the end and there's no sell at my end. There's just Gross. growth. just, just get That's the growth. free download book because my purpose is like their purpose, right? All three of us have a positive vibes intention and, and that we are so thankful for the positivity through divorce, through business breakdown, through stories of our clients that you want to share with the world because you've been 20 years as as a professional, licensed professional, through my life, uh, that we all of us have tools that we just organically want to share and make a difference to the world. And so there's no, I promise, no sell. Sometimes people are afraid to share their email because they think there's a value, value, value sell. That's not a free value and then a sell, I promise. Yeah. It's just a tool. Just a tool to help you stay motivated, stay focused, what you focus on grows. Mm-hmm. Let's not focus on those trees and wipeouts. Let's focus on the
1: solutions. Right. I love that. I love your message. Wonderful message. Yes, our our will get, will get some great stuff out of that. And I hope to continue. Amazing. Yes. Continue our, our uh, friendship grow and evolve and learn from each other, you know, as we go. So, um, you have anything to add, Lauren?
0: Anything, any last thing to add? No, it was amazing. I think, you know, right now with us being stuck at home, that was really great to hear because, you know, we have the time to keep moving forward and just not letting the negativity, you know, get us down, keep moving forward. And yes. hearing you just, you know, it gave me goosebumps.
1: Yeah. So it's in tears to my eyes a couple times. I mean, it's... Oh. It's a story that definitely will inspire um, and, and help others to grow, and that's our whole goal. So yes, thank you so much, Tracy, and we look forward to the next time. And as always, stay cheeky, goddesses.